is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the not-so-foggy forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am once again stationed in the quietest place in my household, the luxurious one-car garage. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Hood River, Oregon, still celebrating the Aaron Wise victory, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Oh my gosh, I feel horrible, I don't even know what we're talking about. Well, everyone else does, so don't worry about it. No, I don't, I, mean, I don't think so. I think often you think everybody knows what we're talking about, and they don't. But what, Clearly, what... everyone is aware that Aaron Wise, former University of Oregon golfer, won the PGA Tour event yesterday. Oh, yes, yes. I, 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 I knew that, but I thought clearly you must have been talking about another victory that you would have had <laughs> today. I knew about the victory from yesterday. But oh, is there okay. another one today? <laughs> Not usually on Mondays, Tim. Okay, no. just checking in, just checking in. Wanting to see how things are going. Anybody else having any victories out there? Uh, I think Oregon Ducks softball okay. is looking legit. Okay, Oregon yeah. Ducks softball. Is that women's softball? That's the only softball there is. Well, I'm just making sure. This day and age, we don't know. You can't judge. You can't, you know, there could be another softball. As, as far as I know, they only have players who were ha- also born females. So <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't resorted to the... Uh, Let's not go down this rabbit hole right now. All right. <laughs> I want to apologize for the audio last week. It was good. I think it was better because there wasn't as much background noise, but I forgot it. I forgot to put it through the levelator. I forgot to even it all out, so it was still a little oh. bit. I immediately, as soon as I played it, like I, I got it up. I got it out that night last week. Huge oh, accomplishment good. for me. Really amazing. I, I, I'm clearly a. Uh, how do you say this? Um, a veritable genius. What? What is it? Uh, <laughs> well, if you can't figure out the word. <laughs> Probably those probably aren't the words you're looking for. What is Trump? Yeah, you know what is Trump? No, no, no. What, what what's Trump's thing? What does he say? Oh, a very a very level-headed I'm genius. A, I'm a very level-headed. No, no, no. Genius. It's very stable. Very, st- very stable. I'm a very stable genius. So, just wanted to point that out to all the folks at home. Anyway, I totally forgot to to level it out so my fault but i think it was all pretty good it turned out great and it's a little quieter in here which is better um yeah anybody out there using pesticides in their house i bet not maybe maybe there is somebody i just don't (laughs) i just got a house i don't know what i'm supposed to do there's some ants but Mm. i think i'd rather have ants than pesticides sprayed along the corners of the house just seems strange especially since i have a member of my family that's like their prime real estate <laughs> yeah, yeah. that down low in the corner area so yes <clears throat> with, with our 
younger daughter, it's like, no, you had your chance at that food before you knocked it off your <laughs> high chair. Yeah, I, th- I uh, sometimes I let him go with it. You know, it's like, well, you know, it's our hardwood floor. Nobody's, nobody's it's only been there a second. Other times, I'm, I like freak out and like dive across the room. <laughs> Where was that? I was at uh, uh, Home Depot. Where naturally, my son would have fries at Home Depot, and he dropped one on the floor and he went to pick it up. I was like, <laughs> no, like in slow motion. Yeah. Well. What's in the news this week? Uh, I mean, I I wanted to address a couple things. One, I feel like we are becoming or becoming known as like a Trump supportive podcast. And I I don't like that. I think that's kind of scary. I don't want to be supporting a acting president. Do we get some uh, money? Yeah. Do we get any kickback for this? Is this is this actually going to be a support? <laughs> are we are we being paid? Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe government the Coke, sponsored. Maybe the Koch brothers are actually paying us, and we don't know it yet. They're just that, holding they our funds. They don't like Trump, though. That's the only problem. It's a good point. Uh, but I just want to say we're not. Uh, it's just that we talk about the media and what we think is really going on, and the media won't stop talking about the guy, and it's. Over and over and over and over again, proven to be wrong. I mean, five months ago, we're gonna, you know, North Korea is gonna start a war, and you know, the Korean Peninsula is in turmoil, and now we're thirty days away from signing a peace accord. Totally wrong. Uh, how many years ago? Two years ago, Trump said there's some sort of spy in our campaign. I mean, at least yeah. a year a year ago. And everybody came out and said, he's crazy, what a conspiracy theorist, he's just an idiot, this Cheeto, he can't figure that, you know, he's <laughs> blaming the, you know, people for bugging him when clearly he's just inept. And, when it turns out, there was a mole yeah, well, in this. Yeah, I mean, he, the- <laughs> he said wiretapped and put the wiretapped in quotes and, like, Meaning surveilled, and was he surveilled or was he not surveilled? Is he still being surveilled? Yeah, I mean, sure he was, seems like he was absolutely surveilled, and we and it's still weird. We're still getting these weird articles. I mean, I don't know if like, you here's what Trump does before he goes to bed. Yeah, every here's night, he every night he talks night. to Sean Hannity. That article just came out uh, this last week. I don't remember if it was from the Washington Post. I'm sure it was. This is, you know, the, the strange relationship of Sean Hannity and what he does before, you know, and how Trump talks to him before he goes to bed or whatever. It's just, he said he was being monitored and now they're coming out with proof evidence that he was being monitored. Yeah. But there was a mole in the, in the white house, in the campaign. I'm not a yes. fan of the guy, but you guys look like idiots out there. Yeah, I'm. Just, when, and, when I, and by you guys, I mean the media. It's just, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's. Uh, I haven't seen anything like it. It's. It's. It's always the most crazy tweet, too. Right. Like, like, uh, keep an eye on the uh, the whole popular vote thing. You know, millions of illegal immigrants voting. Like, which direction is the evidence shifting on that claim? Right. Like, yeah. from there's no evidence of any illegal immigrant ever voting ever to, oh, well, it definitely wasn't millions of people, to, well, uh, yeah. 
it, but by next year it'll be like well there's no proof those millions of illegal immigrant voters voted for Hillary I mean <laughs> <laughs> and I mean there this is America we can have illegal immigrant voters I mean this is a free country all right right it's a free well, country this this whole what amazes me is uh, the taking the, the bait Every single time. <laughs> the lows, the new lows that the media will find to sink to, to defend MS-13, <laughs> but to defend Kim Jong-un. Ask yourself, okay, in my zeal for attacking Trump, what side am I going to be on? Is that side going to be on the side of... MS-13? Plus MS-13? <laughs> Do you think Trump might want that battle? Like, oh, please don't throw me into that briar patch. Uh, he's he's a very stable genius. He's sitting back. They did we did the same thing. He, the whole Democratic Party aligned with Hillary. He's like, oh, please, please don't make me run against Hillary. Crooked yeah. Hillary. I could never beat her. Yeah. Well, on a. We might as well get all the Trump stuff out of the way early. And it's and, it, and that's the other thing. There's other news. There's right. stuff going yeah. on other places in the world. And yes. it's non-stop Trump. I mean, it's getting it's getting old. I mean, it's and then we talk about it on the show too. But it's it's a more of a place for us to vent or it's not a frustration because I went out and voted for him. Did you vote for him, Andrew? Did you think he was the savior? Think he was going to come and help us? Uh. I did vote for him. Oh, I voted for the, <laughs> I voted for the, the not Hillary option, and you know, like like I said, it was the the stick of dynamite option, and right. he has delivered on that front more than I could have ever dreamed. <laughs> you know, when they say like, "Oh, look at the damage he's doing to the office of the presidency," it's like that is something that in my opinion, had already been pretty much dragged through the mud. So if more people are seeing it that way, I'm Mission all right accomplished. Yes. I did not vote for him. You know, How about this, though? Do you think he's the lion of Christianity, that he's going to lead Christians uh, to the I, promised land? I don't think anyone thought that. But Oh, no. Uh, there are folks. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, there really are folks. It's weird. If you get into any kind of forums or uh, political debates, you'll find these, like, Forever Trumpers, the not never Trumpers, forever Trumpers. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's gonna save the world. He is gonna really put the humanists in their place. Yeah, and that's that's crazy talk, man. And that's that's kind of that's kind of where a lot of people are. And I think that's, I mean, to be honest, that's where I think Doctor Future's coming from. Is he's seeing a lot of that down there yeah. in, in Nashville? Whereas we're, you know, another thing to remember, we're up here in the North Left Coast. You know, the upper left, where we don't see a lot of positive public, uh, you know, Republican stories or anything like that. It's all just Trump bashing all the time. Yeah. And we're just trying to wade through it. And then you go to the national news, and it's the same thing. So, speaking of uh, elections, you know, I don't vote. I haven't voted. But I know we'll get to it later in the show. But uh, somebody has to vote this city council out. This this whole city council needs to go <laughs> yes. sooner than later. I'm serious, and I can't be the only one that's like purchased a house and is sitting here looking at these idiots 
we decided we're all going to pay, you know, every major uh, company in the area has to pay $600 so they can raise $42 million to pay for what they've already spent? Right. I mean... That doesn't work? Somebody's got to vote these people out. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I'm, I am I may I may have to actually take the polls on the local election front. Well, what, what I do, so, you know, the most recent election, so I'm not a uh, registered Republican or Democrat, so I don't get like to vote in many of the primaries. So, uh, let's see, bond measure to fund schools voted no. It passed, of course. Right. Um, you know, I'm all about defunding public education, but uh, the, apparently people still think, oh, yes, we all think it's terrible, but if we give it more money, it'll get better somehow. Do you know that, uh, that's how the Seahawks Stadium got built? I think have we talked about this on the show before? That's exactly how the Seahawks Stadium got built. They tried they put two measures in the early two thousands, they put the bill forward a couple different times to build a new stadium and use taxpayer money to do it. Mm-hmm. And it got voted down twice. Everybody said no way. And at the last minute, Paul Allen says, What if I take some multi-million dollar amount and take that every year and just put it into the public schools. And then it like the next, you know, the next time it passed in like record numbers. And that was it. That was, a, that was and, the end of it. And he was, was he funding the Gates garbage or was it like actually going to the local? It was going to local. Schools. It was going to local schools. And then I think, I mean, I think, so it was a kickback. I'm, I could be wrong, but early 2000s, it could have been a kickback. It's a good point. Early 2000s, and I mean, the first game I went to there was in 2002. I, I don't even see Common Core that already happening yet. That's uh, right. Well, Bill, and, and Bill was still at Microsoft. Although, you know what was going on then? What? Was uh, every, selling computers to schools. So I'll bet you what Paul Allen was doing is like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this these millions of dollars will go towards buying <laughs> Windows computers, of which I Windows, own Microsoft, Microsoft stock. Into, yeah, so not such a bad deal, and and funding the idea that oh yes, kids need these computers to learn, they'll be behind. Oh, so they're you're left behind. You're not a you're not a fan of the computers to learn. No, you don't think computers are helpful in learning. Uh, no, is there any evidence they're helpful in learning? What about iPads? Is there any evidence that iPads are helpful? What about iPhones? Or anything. What about Android phones? What about Google Chromebooks? That So, uh, side note, side note, side note. I mean, we're on the fifth tangent at this point. When yeah. I went back to Chicago, saw some family members of uh, the younger variety, and uh, they were all uh, members of a private school where they went. Uh, very, very bright young kids. And they had their own Chromebooks. So I asked... Can I see your homework? Sure. So they show me, and sure enough, it's on Google on a Chromebook, and it's on Google Sites. Literally, their classroom teacher gives them a login to a site, and they post all their crap on Google. So even even the uh, the curriculum is on Chromebooks on Google. I mean, yeah. where does Google stop? It is so big. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> And I was still trying to get back to. I, I know, was tying man. in my we're, open. We're, you we're know, so gone. We're so gone. It's, it's all my fault. The, it's all my fault. You want to play the uh, Trump brags about hole in one <laughs> clip? What, can you get back to your open? What's what was your open? The Aaron 
Aaron Wise winning the PGA uh, Tour event. Here we go. All right. I took a lot of tangents. You, I, I need you to guide us for the next 15 minutes. Yeah. Or else my ADD is really going to show up. All right. Jeff actually watched me make a hole in one. Can you believe that? This is a, this Should is you a tell that story? story. Uh, we're, we were trying to talk uh, President Trump into be, uh, doing The Apprentice. That was my assignment when we owned NBC. President Trump goes up to a par three on his course. He looks at the three of us and says, you realize, of course, I'm the richest golfer in the world. That's a, a, a comment. Then gets a hole in one. So I, I, I have to say, I, I have to say, you, you know, I've seen, I've seen the magic before. So. It's a crazy, it's a crazy day. Now, I actually said I was the best golfer of all the rich people, That's, to, be, to be exact. And then I got a hold of it. So it was sort of cool. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it, okay. This, so, but one thing, I, the, the way that I found that clip um, is because I, I was curious, why does Trump not brag about his golf game on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Like this was kind of a this was like a CEO meeting and that guy was the head of NBC or, or former or I don't know whatever but General Electric some I recognized him I forget his name though, um, but anyway and that came about because of we've talked about it before like I, I told you I've seen the guy hit the ball like it's you could tell he's he's a legitimate golfer whereas Barack Obama was you know <laughs> for those of you who are new to the show andrew <laughs> has a pet peeve and it's fake athletic ability from the uh last president of the united states yeah oh but he the plays whole, like oh he's a basketball but he's a regular player, dude going. he plays basketball the and i have not he his basketball was carefully hidden so was his golf by the way you know they'd mentioned him playing golf but but someone got that like hidden camera video of him on the driving range hitting the ball sideways, and I mean, honestly, my five-year-old against Obama probably a fair fight. So, and she she still thinks she's going for a higher score at this point. So you're saying I may have a shot, is what you're saying? Oh, you would demolish him. But Trump, I mean, the guy's like a a one or a two handicap, which right, is right. really really good. Right. Um, so Lindsey Graham, oh, both of our, our favorite person, right? <laughs> so, so he, he plays golf with Trump and the, uh, and golf magazine asked him about it. It was also on, um, uh, CNBC where they're kind of like, kind of digging for dirt on him, you know, like, oh, is he like, uh, some presidents have been notorious for cheating. They take mulligans all the time. That was Bill Clinton. Or uh, Bush was known as a pretty decent golfer, but, you know, nothing crazy. Um, here, I'll just read the, the story real quick. So, <laughs> late on Monday afternoon, Senator Lindsey Graham offered by way of Twitter a report on his Columbus Day round with President Trump. President Trump shot a 73 in windy and wet conditions. Some golfers howled, but on Tuesday afternoon in a 33-minute phone interview with Golf.com, so this is kind of an old story, but uh, Graham repeated that Trump had indeed shot 73 or possibly 74 tops. Asked if the president took any mulligans, Graham said, not one mulligan, not one. Uh, 
Graham said the president had made one birdie or, and one or two bogeys and pars on all the other holes. The setting was Trump National Golf Club, a private club with two layouts in Sterling, Virginia, 30 miles from the White House. Graham wasn't sure which of the two courses they played, but is the yada, yada, yada. Okay. Um, so anyway, and Graham is a, a lifelong golfer, but, you know, Trump gave him two strokes aside and still trounced him. Um, and then this is great. Graham said Trump uh, trounced him in their their ten dollar NASA. They played in a twosome sharing a cart. They, um, oh, where is it? So anyway, so Trump, so he owed him uh, thirty bucks because he played ten dollars front nine, ten dollars back nine, and ten dollars overall. Right. And uh, so he, he owed Trump thirty bucks, but. Uh, Lindsey Graham told him he didn't have the money and he 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 let him give him five, which tells you more about Lindsey Graham. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> so unbelievably corrupt and as weapons uh, dealer money flowing everywhere. And oh, I'm sorry, I don't have the thirty bucks that I I bet before the round. <laughs> uh, anyway, so like seventy three on a. A legitimate golf course is impressive, even if you know it's your home course. You play it often; still, really, really good. And the perception of Trump is that he's this like out of control braggart, uh, just can't help himself, bragging, lying, you know, uh, everything. Always bad intentions, but also totally out of control, and it's. It kind of made me wonder why is uh, if he's so out of control, why doesn't he brag about his golf game all the time? And I think the the answer is he, you know, he he ripped on Obama for playing golf. Doesn't really want to hype up that that part of his oh, yeah, that makes sense. life. Um, and it it's strategy. Like he's, I don't know, if if you understand that Trump is strategic. Your world will be a cal- much calmer and saner place. So, hmm. but uh, and and not always moral strategy, and not always uh, strategies for accomplishing good things. By what the way, what about Christian strategies? Is he a definitely Christian? not Christian? Oh, I thought that he was in the same. definitely not Christian strategist. No, I thought he was, but the uh, lion of Christianity in modern day America, but also not insane. A very stable genius. A very <laughs> kind of is a stable genius, in its own uh, own. But some of these things are like, you know, somewhat complicated, and he's playing a, a long game. But the MS13 thing was the most obvious intentional trap ever. You t- you totally think him calling it MS13 animals was a trap? Yes. You think he thought well enough ahead to do that? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. I thought it was just a visceral animals call it good. I mean, I don't agree with calling anybody animals, right? It's a, not a, not the right. best not the best take. It's the uh, everybody's kind of... When you dehumanize, that's, that's when things get real bad. But, you know, uh, he's making a point. I, it's kind of a point of emphasis. Not really literally calling them. Just a way of speaking. And, uh, yeah... The left is uh, freaking out. 
I identify as MS-13 myself, and uh, I'm a little <laughs> Have bit... Have you seen all the, all the Photoshop jobs of, like, MS-13 tattoos on Chuck Schumer and... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I should... Photoshop gold. Let's uh, get this, this gold. Yes. So, uh, this is oh, kind of the... This story will quite possibly represent our era of human history better than any other. No, I know where you're headed with this. (laughs) This is is depressing. Um, Because there's more, there's for more than one reason. Parents take 30 year old son to court to evict him from their home. A couple in New York state is very interested in experiencing empty nest syndrome. So they're kicking out their son out of the house. Now a court in Onondaga County is reviewing the case. Mark and Christina Rotondo say their 30-year-old son, Michael Rotondo, doesn't pay rent and doesn't help out. In several letters, they explicitly told him to get out. 2nd of February, 2018. (laughs) Michael, after a discussion with your mother, we have decided that you must leave this house immediately. You have 14 days to vacate. You will not be allowed to return. We will take whatever actions are necessary to enforce this decision. Mark and Christina Rotondo. A series of eviction notice letters span the month of February. Letters addressed to Michael expressed that he was their guest and there is no lease or agreement that gives you any right here without our consent. 13th February 2018. Michael Joseph Rotondo. You are hereby evicted from 408 Weatheridge Drive, Camillus, New York, effective immediately. (laughs) You have heretofore been our guest... And there is no lease or agreement that gives you any right to stay here without our consent. On the advice of our lawyer, we have decided to grant you up to 30 days from the date shown above to remove your possessions and vacate the premises. (laughs) A legal enforcement procedure will be instituted immediately if you do not leave by 15 March 2018. Any action that you can that you take that can be construed as threatening or harassing or to us or prevents or obstructs our ability to use the house or property at 408 Weatheridge Drive as we see fit will result in your immediate removal from the premises. And um, now, once again, a little later, Michael, here is one thousand one hundred dollars from us so that you can find a place to stay. Some advice. Organize the things you need for work and to manage an apartment. Note, you will need stuff at Paul Avenue. You must arrange the date and time through your father so he can set it up with the tenant. Sell the other things that you have that have any significant value, such as stereo, some tools. This is especially true for any weapons you may have. You need the money and will have no place for the stuff. Three, there are jobs available even for those with a poor work history like you. Get one. You have to work. Four, if you want help finding a place, your mother has offered to help you. So this is being uh, played as a story of like, oh, yeah, kick that kid out, stupid millennial, which, you know. Which is initially it is where that. I thought you were going with this story. Yeah, But are these the worst parents ever or yes, what? Yes, yes, absolutely, yes, yes. There's no evidence that he he has made any concession. Well, not only worse parents, but worse negotiators. Oh, yeah. Horrible negotiator. And, I mean, if you, you love the kids, sit down with them and have a real conversation. Have a, have a conversation. But, but, but they seem like they're scared of him. Yeah. If you're 
are not able to deal with your own child without lawyers, you have you have failed well, as a parent. Let's let's take this a little further. Something else I see more and more commonly on the YouTubes these days: deal with your child without a police officer. Yeah, that is. Hmm. Yeah, calling police for like discipline. Yeah, but uh, uh, but. Yeah, this is. Uh, could you imagine? I mean, could you? I mean, seriously, just let's just stop and think. Okay, you don't have kids. Actually, we did, neither of us had kids at thirty. So, uh, at thirty years old, you're still at home. I mean, I, first off, why? Right. <laughs> why am I still there? I don't want to be here. I didn't. No. I didn't like it that much when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Second, second off. You're Clearly not doing anything. Like you can't just like live with your parents forever. Like what is the like, what's your exit strategy? In D. <laughs> it's a home alone reference. Um yeah. <laughs> Like you have no self-respect this poor guy. No. And then the no. parents, the parents. Like and they have no self No self-respect. That was a you know that was an interesting point when I went to uh, Chicago and I may have told this story. No, I don't think so. Uh, when I went to Chicago, we were visiting family, and we became aware that someone who had recently married into the family was a, a habitual millennial basher. And mm. um, it actually got so bad that someone who is a few years older than me, roughly our age, uh, I think he was right on the cusp of 40, 41-ish, um, had to take to the defense of the millennials, right? And he would be, I mean, you know, by our standards, he would be kind of Oregon Trail generation, but he's probably the tail end of Generation X. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had to, like, stick up for the millennials and, like, point out, like, hey, you know the whole housing crisis? <laughs> that whole thing that happened that kind of landed millennials in, in a lot of ways, a lot of the, at least, characteristics that classify millennials now? They didn't do that. They didn't have anything to do with the housing crisis. And so the fact that they can't purchase their own homes doesn't have anything to do with them. It has to do with you. And, you know, I think a lot needs to be, you know, a lot of blame can also be put on the uh, baby boomers. Not just for that, but for, as this article so aptly points out, the parents. (laughs) The way that they've raised their children is not good. This is if, how you get millennials. I mean, this, this if, if Tom Brokaw has called you the greatest generation, there's something wrong. <laughs> and, hey, he that that he didn't call the baby boomers the greatest generation, no, no, no. did he? No, but that was the uh, that was the World War Tours. Yes, and they produced the baby boomers. Ah, so you're saying okay? Here you go. Yeah. So, well, the, I mean, I, I really think, and this goes back to some of Doctor Future's earlier stuff, but I really think there's a huge turning point somewhere in the '60s. Free love, Timothy Leary, uh, kind of free love and you know free sex, drug culture that comes out of the late '50s into the early '60s is a lot of what kind of had you know changed the direction of the country. And not that it was all like roses and and uh stuff before that with you know jack kerouac and like the beat generation you know they Mm -hmm. were kind of anti-war but they were already kind of abusing drugs and experimenting with things but i I, I don't know i personally feel like the 
Um, you know, MK Ultra. MK Ultra really kicks into like CIA, high gear. Yeah, Timothy. CIA spreading LSD around. Yes. To see what would happen. Timothy. Oh, Leary. that person jumped out a window. Yeah, that's crazy. This guy moved into moved to Montana and started bombing people for thirty years. Not that that's our fault. I mean, yeah. he was really young. It was a long time ago. <laughs> I've I've read actually some stuff recently that he may have been uh, part of the LSD experimentation. So yeah. yeah, it just seems like, and then uh, one 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 thing, uh, Jack Jack Parsons, that whole thing, yeah, that whole time throw period, in a little Satanism, throw a little yeah. Satanism into the military with the MK Ultra and stuff, and then shortly after that, K- Kennedy shot right into the free sex and drugs movement, and they think that they're counterculture, and what all that was was this weird turning point, in my opinion. This is totally my opinion, obviously, but to me, all this was was a this weird turning point that took the the American people from, you know, working hard and trying to provide for their families to like, like massive consumerism. Like it just went, they like kicked into well, overdrive at that point. Don't forget about, uh, the introduction of welfare. Yeah. That's and, good point. and incentivizing, uh, young women to, Hey, if you've got kids, you know, you're really better off without that guy. Sure. He doesn't make very much money in the house. Like, don't worry, the government will take so, care of so you. So the New Deal is 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 welfare? No, no, the New Deal was a lot of government work projects. Okay. Which is not, you know, has its own issues, but... When, when does welfare to, really kick in? No, it's all LBJ. Is it LBJ? Okay, so LBJ. So right, right around the time I'm yeah. talking about then. So Kennedy's killed, LBJ... The counterculture movement, and remember that the, at that point, everybody's all anti-war. They're free love and drugs, which I obviously have a lot of problems with. But do whatever you want. Like <laughs> it's not a, it shouldn't be illegal. But I'm just saying, like it's a bad direction for a generation to go in. But it was all anti-war. But then that generation somehow forgets and becomes one of the most war-hungry generations of all time. Yeah, um, and and heads us into like massive, massive consumerism. They birthed the Gen Xers, the small Oregon Trail generation, and then the millennials, and now they're getting lawyers to, uh, <laughs> yes, to kick uh, their thirty-year-old yeah. children out of the house. This is, and and then um, cooperating with local news coverage of it. I mean, at the very least, can you tell the the news station to take a hike? Yeah. So like, point. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, hey, yeah. look, it's yeah, like, it's yeah, like LeBron like James doing a press tra- conference we're afterwards. <laughs> what? So, what happened after the third quarter there, Jim? Well, that was when me and the wife came home. What was that? February eighth. Yep, February eighth. That's when we wrote the letter, gave it to him, certified. Well, what happened next? Well, the next <laughs> thing we did was we really put our foot down. We told him, you know, take this eleven hundred dollars and get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> excellent <laughs> negotiating, which. And hey, you know what? Negotiating with a five-year-old is not easy. No, like <laughs> Nego- but, negotiating with an eighteen-month-old is not easy. It it took uh, because it was a hamburger grilled, you know, in our backyard, um, rather than a processed McDonald's cheeseburger. It took an hour and a half to get her to take a bite of it tonight. But let me tell you, if you keep sweetening the deal for the consequences of what will happen, you you will lose the negotiation. So, 
So like, uh, so we have diff- we have different negotiations taking place at this point. Mainly, stop hitting the dog. Stop hitting the dog in the morning. Stop trying to run over him with your bike. Stop doing it in the afternoon. Just stop doing these things to the dog. And the dog is the sweetest dog. She's 75 pounds. She outweighs him by three times. Two times at least. And she just looks at us and like runs away. <laughs> you going to do anything? And we, we are. We're... It's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to negotiate these things. I'm like raising my voice, but you're not supposed to raise your voice, but I'm like wanting him to know I'm serious. We're, yeah. we're, we got some negotiations happening here. Yeah. And I'm a professional negotiator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think I've given birth to a future lawyer or salesperson. <laughs> I, I, I told her that, and she, of course, argued with me. <laughs> Oh, but uh, here at the uh, Kilkenny household, uh, both of my young Patty One's uh, <laughs> parents are some of the most stubborn, iron-willed people. And this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. This kid, he seems to have gotten it from somebody. So, <clears throat> anyway, uh, yeah, I mean... I thought that $1,100 at the end was going to get it. I mean, at that point... Oh, yeah, yeah. You're really winning at that point. By the time you send the third letter, uh, offering more help and money, you know. You know, uh, in all seriousness, it's a tough line to straddle. I've watched my parents have to do some stuff uh, with different things. You know, my brother was addicted to drugs at one point. And just, it's a real struggle, I think, for parents to actually let their kids feel consequences of the world but i do think it's important i do think that you have to let them meet the consequences of their actions and i think obviously harboring him till he's 30 is not doing that at all um but you know there has to be you know basically at that point they've let's really dissect this at that point they've intervened and and protected him from the consequences for 12 years oh for 12 years in yeah yeah exactly you're saying even further back but i'm just saying that the consequences of like not having a job or being able to keep one and not having self-respect and not learning how to pay bills you know the consequences for that is you're gonna be in some tough spots i've been in not great spots i'm you know fairly bright so i can figure my way out of it but you know when i first got out of the military i had some really really poor times really poor i hit like a rock bottom for me and that's where you learn like okay i have to go to like this labor ready place i'm sure you've done some grunt work haven't you well when i uh i started playing golf as a kid. Okay, so the answer is no. We'll move on. <laughs> no, my uh, my dad bought golf clubs for me uh-huh. uh, with the arrangement of, um, I think they cost about $280. And so, so you got to figure out how to they get were, like $600 they were of mine labor out of the For kid. the low, low price of 100 hours of labor, <laughs> S- stacking, uh, stacking brush and stacking firewood and stuff. That's awesome. So they'd done some thinning of the trees on the property, so there was brush everywhere that had to be, you know, stacked and what they, have you. They've so. done the kid a disservice. That's, yes. that's the real deal here. Is they've done a kid a disservice. The kid's probably never stacked 
you know, shrubs in order to. He's probably get... never mowed a lawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and it, it had to be like a uh, hundred hours of extra, like normally not required labor. Right. Not like the like not like your chores count towards the hundred hours. So, but uh, what would have happened if you tried I to negotiate my, your my way first... out of that? I remember my first boss telling me, he's like, man, like, you don't know how fortunate you are that your parents, like, taught you to work. And it's, you know, when you're a kid, like, 11, 12 years old, you don't think about anyone's home being different than yours. Right. But, um, no, it is, that is a valuable gift to your children if you teach them to actually, uh, you know understand that work is is part of life yeah i guess that's true i always thought i learned it from watching my parents but then again i you know i had to do chores i got paid a you know <laughs> very very small amount but i mean i don't know i guess in the 90s 10 bucks a week for i had to do 10 chores a day every day seven days a <laughs> week so yeah it's you know i got paid 10 bucks and then if and then in the summertime though i could forgo all my chores Except, and let me tell you, this was the main one, because then my sister would have to have to take up the slack. They would split my chores up, and then the lawn had to be mowed, hedges trimmed by noon on Saturday. Holy hmm. cow! And in, in in Oklahoma humidity, where it can be eighty percent humidity, ninety four degrees by the middle of the afternoon, that yeah. is real man's labor. That's not yeah. not a lot of fun. Yeah, I still don't really like mowing the lawn. But because your parents made you? No, just I uh, just don't enjoy the activity. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I, after I had left for college, then all of a sudden the riding lawnmower showed up. Oh, hmm. the riding lawnmower! <laughs> you know, my wife has never had to do too much hard labor in her life. Sure enough, time she hit fourteen, her dad was like, <clears throat> "So your brother's off to college. I wonder who's going <laughs> to mow the lawn this year." <laughs> <laughs> And it was I, th- I think my wife did some lawn mowing back in her day. Yeah, I think it's so, good. So we got to, even I should, we should write a, a an Amazon, a, when a she, Kindle book about putting kids to work. When she. Make uh, the kids so, great again. So so this is my, my wife's uh, subtle messaging here. Yeah, I guess, I guess I could mow the lawn. So what what do you think that means? Oh, I'm yeah. very 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 aware of what that means. <laughs> I guess I could. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know when. You know, <laughs> watching the kids, twenty four hours a day, cooking, cleaning. But I guess I could. You know. Oh oh you're oh you're gonna do it tonight. That's great. That's good. So there was a a man who came by and mowed my eighty two year old neighbor's lawn. And then he said, he stopped by and looked at my yard and said, do you need me to mow this? And I said, yes, I don't have a lawnmower. And he said, okay. Then he left a, uh, he mowed both front and back, trimmed the hedges and edged the yard. And he left a little bill for like 50 bucks. And to be honest with you, I haven't gone and purchased a mower and I don't have a lot of extra spare time. So that's been the, uh, that's been the. The way we go twice a week, twice a, m- a month, I guess he comes. So I don't know. Twice a month, huh? Yeah, but uh, I kind of want to get a lawnmower because I feel like 
some things need tending to that would be better if I did it. So anyway, yeah. I don't know. Twice a month, grass grows pretty fast. Twice a month is not a lot. Yeah. So if yeah. you can, once a week is kind of as long as you want to go. Although if you, you know, riding lawnmower, it can handle, it can handle it. But. Yeah. Well, um, so uh, this cracked me up. I'm ready. Kanye West has time yeah. traveled. Yeah. And he is going through like the uh, waking up to the New World Order process of the early 2000s, except he's doing it in 2018. Yes. And it's totally new to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, so Kanye West urges this comes from my usual news source of uh, hotnewhiphop.com. <laughs> I, I try uh, to check Kanye it. West, I try to check it at least once a week or so. Yeah, <laughs> urges fans to put down cell phones. Shares four-hour-long documentary. Guess what documentary it was? Uh, well, I read the article. Oh, okay. The the century of the self, which focuses on Sigmund Freud's nephew Edward Bernays, capitalizing on his uncle's philosophies to create modern-day consumerism. Um. I don't know. It makes him sound like he, the documentary is crazy and probably just made up. But uh, we've talked about Century of the Self on on this very podcast. What's I the guy's name that does that? I always forget his name. Go ahead. I'll find it if you don't know it off the top of your head. What, what do you mean? The guy who did Century of the Self. He's he does a lot of documentaries in oh, that, yeah, in yeah. that style. Go ahead. Keep reading. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, find, I'll find it. I'll find it. I wasn't going to read the story. I mean, that's no read the story. It. But but if I I looked through uh, Kanye's tweets, and it's like new age garbage, uh, then some conspiracy, then some like uh, hokey, you know, love everybody stuff. Um, and I'm like, oh man, he's like loose changes next. Like loose changes <laughs> on the horizon. This guy, Adam Curtis. I kept thinking Ian Curtis, but I knew it yep, wasn't. Adam I knew it wasn't uh, Joy Division. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean the Kanye thing. We need to talk about Kanye and what we think might be going on. And the other thing is kind of what has made it out. All of a sudden, my wife turned to me the other day and goes, "Slavery is a choice." I said, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> come again she said kanye he's he's out there he's saying crazy stuff and he said slavery is a choice so we're gonna take my yeah. wife out of this equation for a minute and we're just gonna use her we're gonna put take her well because as a person that, out of that it. was the message right we're gonna take her as a person out of it we're just gonna look at her as an exhibit like that was what got through right right that's all she heard kanye said this but he said a lot of other things that we're slaves to technology, that uh, he was fairly supportive of Trump. And the main reason was because he thought that the Democrats weren't doing anything for black people. Um, Which is right. Absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> and and he, he starts talking about, you know, he's actually going to do things for the country. And he agrees with what and, and everybody says, oh, he must be crazy. S slavery is a choice. So out of all the tweets you went through, all the new age stuff, did you find that one? Uh, no, no, no. That was when okay. So he 
it was in his rant at TMZ. Right. And he said, uh, like, we're talking slavery went on for 400 years, 400 years. Like, if something goes on for 400 years, that's a choice. Um, in the context of kind of like, you know, hey, people, like, take some responsibility and decide for yourselves. And, it, you know, I mean, it's true. Like, slavery as an institution could not have existed if people were en masse willing to die to get out of it. Sure. It's I mean, say, it's, it's technically true, but it's not. I mean, it's not true. <laughs> well, um, I, I could, you know, I could see the point he was. I could, was I could see make. the point he was trying to make too, but it's not a black and white. I, I think it's a, it's more of a philosophical debate. So just because he he disagrees with the mainstream on the philosophical interpretation of it doesn't mean that that, that he's saying it's totally a choice all the time. Like right. Everybody chose. Well, to do I mean, it every by day. kind of by definition, if you're a slave, you're not free, meaning you're not making choices. Uh, I think his point is like it. You know, there is always a choice. How he's saying you're addicted to your cell phone. Well, you do have a choice of whether you continue to use your cell phone or not. Um, and I don't think he, I don't think it, it kind of got taken as like he's blaming black people for slavery, which I don't think that was the point at all. Um, and I, it probably would have been more effective to point out like, Hey, you know that black people aren't the only people who have been slaves, right? And slavery's gone on for thousands of years and is still in place in many parts of the, the planet. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I see what he's saying. Mm. Like if you're, if you're um, 100% against something and willing to to die as a consequence of fighting for it, then you will you'll either win or die, but you won't be a slave. Hmm. You know, and that's there were a lot of people who were like that, but also a lot of people who who weren't. Um, now you could also make the argument that what followed. Uh, wasn't necessarily a lot a lot better so with the sharecropping stuff and everything else but well i think tmz summed it up best kanye west is not taking his meds and people close to him believe some of those comments that he made at tmz live about slavery were a result of just that oh and actually he talked about being put on too many meds hmm interesting What's your... I was on the opioids, man. I was on opioids. Opioids kill the genius. <laughs> is that what he said? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Which is why, yeah, that part doesn't get plastered everywhere. No, Kanye inks nay on the talking bed about the opioid, eh? Yeah, and that's funny because, you know, one of my favorite hip-hop artists, Macklemore, actually talked about in one of his songs before he blew up, when he was just a local Seattle legend, um, he talked about uh, being addicted to cough syrup, and he, and he ended up getting sober. Fellow redhead, Seattleite, got sober. Um, but he talked about how you know, Little Wayne would uh, drink syrup and write a bunch of stuff, and he said that, I can't do that. It just makes me want to play video games uh, and go to sleep. 
you know, and he says it did t- took away any genius I had. He must be an alien. And I think part of that was I don't think that the guy Little Wayne was drinking as much cough syrup as he said he was when he was making all those albums in the early two thousands. I think it was just the perpetuation of you know right. o- opioids to others. In general, and this goes back to the psychedelic drug thing. Uh, I don't think drugs actually make you see some amazing truth about reality but boy they sure do make you think you're really smart like (laughs) that's like the universal drug effect well they make you think you're an absolute genius (laughs) have you done any drugs like any no no No. i've done a lot of them mainly most of them mainly all of them i'm just kidding but uh I've, i've experimented a lot i feel i feel like sometimes you know there is some benefit but overall i think for the the benefit versus cost is not even worth entering in this conversation with you, if that makes sense. There are some benefits. You can see some things a little differently, but the cost, the cost on, that it takes on you, your life, long-term effects, it's uh, benefit-cost analysis is like stay away, stay stay far, far away. Uh, you know, despite the amazing athletic ability introduced by alcohol, like <laughs> that's... Which, by the way, that, as someone who's here, done, hold my beer. Here's yeah. the, here's the, as someone who's done a lot of drugs, alcohol is the worst. It's the worst one. It's the only one that I ever like really developed like a, a problem with. It's just it's it's a horrible drug. It's uh, it's uh, when you when not if it's used in anything more than moderation, it just leads to disaster, disastrous effects, health wise and on your life and other people around you. I mean. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I would recommend against meth also. <laughs> it's very, very bad. No, but I, you know what I'm talking about, though. Like, I do. I do. You I knew them in high school. You yeah. knew them later. It's like... Well, the problem is those people are still doing drugs. They, But they they are convinced that they are... They are genius incarnate because of their, you know, and it's like not even, uh, not even credit given to the drugs necessarily. It's just like a, it's a side effect that the, <laughs> oh, I'm now a genius. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Think about this, man. False confidence building. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Well, what do you think of uh Oh this I thought this headline was Oh Okay, that was let me check the Drudge Report headline for that story. Okay. Um I'm I'll read over this. I mean we basically already covered it, but Seattle City Council members learned just two weeks before the head tax vote. I'll skip all the way to the end. And it just says, to recap, the city of Seattle overspent its budget on homelessness before the Seattle City Council voted on the head tax. We didn't actually talk about the head tax last... It was in the show notes and in the folder, but we didn't actually talk about it. But basically... I thought we did, no? No, we didn't. It was in the show notes and in the folder. We didn't talk about it. But that's $275 per employee charged to big businesses, which is going to create $47 million. The tax is expected to raise annually... Uh, $47 million. So they're going to charge Amazon, Google, Facebook, 
Boeing, $275 tax per employee to all these com- companies that are up here. T Mobile. And the city of Seattle overspent its budget on homelessness before the Seattle City Council voted on the head tax. Unless something changes, most of the money raised by the head tax has already been spent. Will cover previous <laughs> spending commitments, not oh. new spending. And let yeah. me tell you, not sure where that money went because homelessness still a huge issue. Oh, what do you know? The government can't solve it. Somebody's got to vote these people out. I'm actually motivated. I'm motivated. I'm dedicated. I'm actually going to get out there and vote. So, uh, just a... Illegally vote. A technical question on that. So is it all employees or all employees employed in Seattle? Um, if, that's an, and I know, that's an I know it, does, it doesn't apply to... You have to have like a... I forget what the number is. It's more than 50 employees or whatever, but um, it doesn't apply if it's like mom and pop shop or whatever, but... Um, I don't know. I think it'd have to be in Seattle. And it'd be interesting to see if, like what the stipulations are. Is it in King County? Because then Boeing is going to... Well, Boeing's still got some stuff down there. Mm. <laughs> well, you would think that Seattle would not be able to enforce anything outside of the city the Seattle, of Seattle. yeah good good point Seattle City Council shouldn't be able to so yeah so that's a good point well mainly then they're just going after Amazon <laughs> that's not true Amazon's down there Google is building stuff down there Facebook is there T-Mobile and Microsoft they're all in is Bo- it a T-Mobile Microsoft is all in Bellevue what's Google building is it a data center or something else no they have they have a whole AI buddy AI they're building the okay. AI stuff yeah. That makes sense. Out of, out here in the sticks, when Google puts it, the data centers, they employ like a bunch of electricians, and uh, they make decent money. You know, not like real electrician money, but uh, decent money. And then they employ a bunch of security. Like a more than half the employees out there are contractor security employees. Hmm. For like twelve bucks an hour. Wow. So it's not, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. If they were to build a da- Amazon, data... Amazon's pretty cheap too with their with their employees. Yeah. But well, well I mean, not not, not the Seattle here. employees, but yeah, at the distribution centers and it's well, like, it, oh, it, you, we, oh, you don't like your minimum wage? Well, we've got a we've got the robots coming in, so don't worry about it. We drove by in a, a distribution center out. I, I've never even seen one. Weird, right? I live here. <laughs> Isn't that weird? But we drove by one. I had to go to Mil, Milwaukee from Chicago to see it a few weeks ago. I was like, wow, that's a large building. Yes. Anyway, yeah. No, no data center in downtown Seattle. Probably the worst use of <laughs> money land ownership real estate that you could possibly come up with oh yeah <laughs> it's, yeah I'm it's a just, horrible I'm sure. idea um over 50 though is not big that's not big also at all. also a bad idea because you know after <laughs> um <laughs> actually i talked to a guy who's you're gonna say it who was planning his his like business plan for like uh you know how to get ahead in life for basically the post Cascadia 
like big one earthquake that's going to wipe out Portland and Seattle. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so after Rainier explodes, then they're really going to move out. Amazon's really going to move out of Seattle. Yeah. So if Rainier explodes, it's not going to kill us, but we're not going to be doing well. <laughs> yeah. Not well. Well, uh, it was recently the 30 year anniversary for Mount St. Helens. Mm-hmm. I think 30 years, right? Yeah. yeah. But they say, Mount St. Helens, not as powerful as Rainier. Or is, well, or is big. Pri- prior to Mount St. Helens actually erupting, Mount Hood was considered a more active volcano than Mount St. Helens was. Interesting. So, it's all, you know. I had a buddy just uh, scale Mount Hood recently, took some gorgeous pictures up there. That's a tough one to get up, isn't it? Yeah, Ma- Mount Hood's legitimate. That's. Uh, Mount Adams is kind of like a yeah. Mount Adams is the is glorified the, height is the but, entry level one. Yeah, if you're gonna Ma- entry Mount, level mountaineering, <laughs> which yeah, is not Mount, easy. Mount, people die on Mount Hood every year, so it's not not a trivial oh, wow. accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. People so, die on Rainier every year, and they're not found. Yeah, <laughs> hard part about Rainier is that they'll just go missing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of like well, we might. You might might find him in a tree well sometime, or yeah. down a crevasse or whatever. A crevasse. <laughs> Watch out! The crevasses. Tesla bursts into flame after violent crash in Switzerland. We covered that last week. Oh yeah. gosh, I got a story. Story. Story time. Okay. Friend of a friend bought last a oh. Tesla. Okay. Yep. It was used sixty thousand miles, and it broke. Day four of him owning it. No. Yep. Had to call the service no. guy. Bring him. They had to bring it out there. It was still under no warranty. warranty at the, no warranty. Oh, okay. No, no. Actually, no. It's not. It's not covered under warranty. Yeah, because second owner, right? Second I mean, owner. Plus, he's out of the fifty thousand miles or whatever. So they call it the good warranty, which covers all the major stuff, has not expired yet. Like literally, okay. I think it's called the good warranty. But his thing, that his, his problem, not covered under the good warranty. Oh, uh, yeah. that's too bad. You're out two grand, buddy. Good luck with your car. Enjoy that tax write-off, but... Yes. Yeah, and by the way, that is very real. Another friend of a friend bought a Chevy Bolt, or Volt. Yeah. He got it for... So get this. In Washington State, I want you to really grasp this. In Washington State... Where if you purchase a car, the sales tax rate is 10.7%. He paid $0 in sales tax for buying a hybrid electric car. And when he filed his taxes, $7,500 is how much he got back. Wow. The car was like 12 bucks. I mean, it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't cost them anything. So I, I, I still... Probably wouldn't pay the twelve bucks for it, but I can see the I can see the appeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Um, but soon enough, that's we're all. You know, I mean, it's we're headed in a crazy direction, Andrew. It's getting to the point where it's now illegal to drive in many cities in Europe unless it's an electric car. You know this? Yeah, this makes zero uh, sense. It makes zero sense. It's insane. It's insane. And what are we going to do with all these batteries? I don't know. Where are we going to do? What are we going to do with all the wind turbines after they break? I don't know, buddy. I don't know what we're going to do with these batteries. Oh man, why did I not look up 
this story. Maybe I should save it. I'm ready. So have you have you heard the? Um, I thought it was a local deal that uh, someone I work with is like, oh yeah, did you hear they're not even taking the uh, recycling anywhere to recycle it? They're just yeah, you put out the recycling on a different day and you have to separate it all out, but it's all just going to the landfill too. And I thought that was a local thing. Uh, virtually everywhere in the U.S., yep. like recycling is dead. Yep. It's not profitable so, enough. It costs them too much money. China, to... China doesn't want it anymore. Yep. So recycling is a scam. Just it's un- It always has been, but now it's like, it's unfortunate. Like when you're telling people that their stuff is being recycled and it's not, that is a scam. So I don't understand how it's a scam, though, because I'm actually getting a trash bill now. Do you get a trash bill? I'm sure you don't pay it. Um, the trash, yeah. you do? Do you have to pay it? Yes, I pay for trash service. Yeah. Okay. I, I, hey, when I rented, I never had to pay for trash. That's why I was just oh, assuming that no. you didn't have to. Sorry. No. So what's your trash bill look like? Do you have a recycling line? Uh, no, I think it's, there's no like options or anything. I mean, it's like you, this is what you, you get. You can't like trade on future investments, like trade on futures for like, like, I have a lot of recycling coming up. I'm going to bet. So no, uh, not a funny joke. Okay. So we're going to move on. No, on my, on my bill, I I was, it was not your fault. I did was trying to do two things at once no it's okay on my bill it says recycling and then it actually gives me like this like hilarious refund right so i pay x amount of dollars let's say let's say i pay 25 dollars for recycling for the month or something i actually don't remember how much it is but we're just gonna say 25 dollars. i get back credit on my bill for like 675 for all of the valuable recycling I've put in there that they've made money off of. Um, so I don't understand how it's a scam um, because it feels like you should be able to make money off recyclable materials. But I feel like most, maybe it's maybe it's because people aren't recycling correctly. What? Why? why? What's going on? You're still looking for the story, aren't you? Yeah. All right, yeah. you better find it. So I'm gonna move on to something else just to keep everybody busy. No, for a we second. got we got a we got. I know a wrap we got a wrap, but I'm ready for your story. Uh, Starbucks oh. is, has saying that drug use in sleeping is unacceptable as it clarifies its guest policy. This yes, is from the I Wall Street Gir- Journal. Starbucks Corporation made a fresh attempt Monday to explain its new policy on non-paying guests after its initial effort sparked complaints that cafes would turn into homeless shelters and drug havens. On Saturday, <laughs> Starbucks said the new policy would allow guests to use its cafes, including the restroom, whether they make a purchase or not. But... <laughs> and then it's under behind a paywall. Did you figure out how to read it or no? Oh... Well, you could open it up with a different browser, but no, don't worry about it. That's you get the idea. I just thought that was I. I love to see Starbucks squirm a little bit there. Come on, buddy. <laughs> how do you? How can you all that hey. all that inferior Seattle coffee, please. <laughs> I mean, that's so nineteen nineties, man. You're giving you're giving the hipsters here not enough you know, not enough credit if you think that the hipsters here are drinking. Starbucks. No, no one in the Northwest is drinking Starbucks anymore. <laughs> That's a, just, just, a, just a helpful hint to everybody out there. 
No yep. one in the Northwest actually is drinking Starbucks. That's not true. There's still a lot of Starbucks here. But people who really care about coffee, not fans of Starbucks. Yeah, you can get better coffee. Shabazzle. Shabazz is the man. You can get a uh, $4 coffee instead of a $6 coffee. Shabazz is the man. Shabazz is the man. So, Dutch Brothers is is, uh, working on conquering the world, starting with Oregon. Interesting. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say Shabazz is the man? No. How do you not know that? You live in Oregon. Shabazz is the man. The Stumptown commercial. Oh, now Stumptown. That's we don't do Stumptown here. Tell that's me. like, please. The <laughs> Portland's, you know, Stump Stumptown is is too corporate. <laughs> so. So, I, I, I live in a town of 10,000 people. How many coffee roasters do you think are in the town of 10,000 people? I don't know. Seven? I don't think it's quite seven, but it's more than should be for a town of 10,000 people. So, yeah. Not as many micro as microbreweries, though. So, you know, everybody's just, oh, yeah. They either have a... So the the new businesses are either microbrewery, small batch, uh, weed store. Oh yes. Um, oh, did you get that? You didn't get that. Go ahead. Winery or uh, coffee related. That's it. Well, I mean, that's that's what, the only gro- that's the only growth in the economy in this area. What else is there? Is my question yeah. to you. <laughs> There's. Uh, oh, it, well, and drone warfare related. So you stuff. and I happened to mention on the last show, I said, I made a smart aleck comment and said something like, I'm sure there's sales tax on pot. Of course, one of our listeners, Mr. Bob out there in New York, uh, <laughs> went online, found out, sent me a link. 17%. Yeah. <laughs> 17% sales tax in a state that has zero sales tax. Yes. He said the stoners must be outraged. No. Nope. <laughs> Thank nope. you for that for that email. They they're not outraged because the, it's legal <laughs> and they and they could Cuz well, cuz marijuana makes you not outraged. <laughs> it's, a, it's a valid point. Okay, I'm ready. Hit hit me with it. With what? The recycling story. You seriously don't have it after all this time? No, I. it was all kind of like uh, kind of talking around it and saying like, oh, it's our fault for not separating out our recycling well enough. And But um, that's the issue. Maybe, no one's maybe got, we could fix no this. No one's let's, taking the recycling. Maybe we could fix this. Let's start some recycling tips. We can do like recycling tips at the end no, of the no, show. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. We, we've talked about this like Five years ago, how an economist looked at it, you know, like libertarian type, and said recycling is inefficient and, and is actually bad for the environment overall. We did. I must have forgot about that. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate news. I thought if we told people, hey, pizza boxes don't go in the recycling, then we might be able to help everybody out a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's one. Actually, I had a. 
I refuse to return cans or bottles anymore. Because you get money there, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be up up to ten cents. So now I just won't buy anything that has a deposit on it. <laughs> um, problem solved. But you you take stuff back, so we, you know we've got eventually over the period of about five years had a a box of stuff to take in to return, right? Right. Maybe half of it, like, was accepted by the machine. Like, oh, no, no, that's not one. Spits it back out. Well, what do you do with that one? You just leave it there on the street? Or, it, it, you know, it takes it, but then it doesn't give you the credit for it. Oh. <laughs> Nightmare. I eventually, I just, I took, like, the 30 cents that I had accrued, you know, the, the slip for that, left everything else right there next to the guy who would kind of barge in next to me, you know, have at it. Whatever you can get out of it. So, taking this receipt, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm not a recycling fan. <laughs> oh man, somebody's got to pull your rickshaw and set set off some pollution into the to the atmosphere. But I, I will gonna, say this: it's so be I'm, you. I'm not a recycling fan, but oh jeez, I am also. Not a litter. I'm not no, a litter bug. Not a litter bug. And I will not allow my children to become litterers either. No. Like no, we don't. We don't drop anything and not worry about it. There was we, a viral video. There's a viral... even if you're running out in the street to pick it up, you go pick it up. There was a viral video that went out uh, last few weeks, and uh, <laughs> I guess it, I say viral, but it was on Reddit. Probably made it to the Twitters. Somewhere out there in the MySpaces, but this guy's pulling up another another car in front of him. And oh yeah! Did you see that? I mean, the dude throws like everything, just like things just start flying out of the passenger side of the window. How would you do that when the car is stopped? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what the guy said. I thought he was gonna like start like we're gonna have some like social justice warriors just gonna start wailing on him, but that's a little bit too. Yeah. That's a little bit too extreme for a social justice warrior. So I don't know what he said, but he must have scared the dickens out of him. Yeah, like guy's the guy scampering off in the scampers off to go get up. all this trash. <laughs> I I, that guy was mad. He walked up. He was mad. It's like, yeah, okay, <clears throat> yeah. Well, Andrew Hoffman. Other than recycling, do you have any words of wisdom for us this evening? Ah. Uh... No, I, you got to take my recycling rant. That's all I got. That's all you got. The recycling rant is going to have to do it. Yep. Recycling is bad. Litter bugs are good. No, litter bugs are not good. Don't don't litter, but don't recycle either. I, mean, I came. From, you, how well do you think that commercial would do? It's a famous commercial now, but I I grew up in Oklahoma, which was home to the commercial. I remember this campaign because they put big yellow trash cans all on the highway because littering was actually a big problem in Oklahoma for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, there was a commercial that ran where he would throw people would throw trash out the window and then an Indian, like an American Indian, like a tear, a single tear would drop his eye. And then they'd say, <laughs> don't lay that trash on Oklahoma. And then they had some sort of like song or whatever. And then they put out all these yellow trash cans. But how well do you think that commercial would do now? <laughs> 
Can you imagine? <laughs> People like just... the highway is like a new nouveau trail of tears. <laughs> Talk about cultural appropriation. <laughs> a copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com. And thank you for your support of this podcast. Have a good week, Tim. I'm sitting, you have, I'm you, are you following the NBA playoffs at all? I am following the NBA playoffs, my friend. And uh, uh, gold, I just can't do it. Basket- I've not been able to watch a single game since the Blazers got knocked. Are out. you serious? Yeah. You don't like. You're not a LeBron. You're a LeBron hater. No, I. You know. Like. You're a LeBron. I don't, don't care. I don't like him. Uh, more after he, you know, stumped for Hillary. I have to say, I. I enjoyed seeing Ohio go against LeBron James, um, which I'm, oh, right, I'm pretty right. sure he thought was a, was not possible. You know, but I, no, I don't. I don't fault, no, I mean, the, the, he's LeBron is incredible. I don't fault him for that, and I don't fault these players for giving their opinion. They stick a the mic in front of him and Kevin Durant, who are casually riding around in a limo. And they say stupid stuff because they're they're stupid. No, I'm not, not going to say they're stupid people, but because they're uh, they're not. This is I don't I don't care what Kevin Durant thinks about politics. I have no I've not a care in the world. I'll watch him shoot you know silky smooth thirty foot jumpers as the buzzer expires just all day you know because he's a freak yeah. of nature. But I don't care what he thinks about politics. So I never fault these guys. I fault the media. I walk into the uh, through the lounge the other day uh, at work, and of course. There's Chris Paul talking about what he thinks about the school shooting in Texas. And it's like, I don't care. Why are they putting Chris? <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. No, but at no point did I think, and I, and I said it out loud. I was like, oh, yeah, Chris Paul, please tell me your thoughts on gun control. Because, gosh, I really need to know. Yeah. It's just, I don't care. And so I don't fault them when they go a certain political direction at all. I just kind of laugh. But well, I, I, and, I've been um, watching, although it's not worth it to watch, my friend. Basketball is broken. Is it? Yes. Golden State last night torched the Rockets. I mean, it was close when they went to the half, and Golden State came out in the third quarter and put on one of the most amazing... Somebody did the math. They did the math, and they scored by the end of the third quarter. I think their score was like 85. And at that point, if they had never scored another basket again in the fourth quarter, they still would have won. (laughs) <laughs> I'm serious, man. Yeah, it's. I mean, that it was. It was that weird. I, I saw. It. Did you watch the playoffs two years ago with Portland? Yeah. When we got swept, and everybody kept saying it's the closest sweep, sweep ever, closest yeah. sweep I've ever seen. 
there was a certain third quarter in there where they just came out and lit it up. Mm-hmm. And one of those games, and I wasn't even mad. I was just my jaw dropped. Like, is this really happening? Like, it's just thing, you know, like hustle play after hustle play after hustle play. And then every single one ends in a three, nothing but net. And you're like, can anybody beat these people? And the answer pretty much is, I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. And, and I and I haven't thought so since before the season started. And so and it's before the last season started. And yeah. <laughs> it's, and they there's no way Cleveland wouldn't have beat him if the refs hadn't gotten involved the season before that. You don't think so? So no. You think no, if, that was that was not legit. You don't think if Draymond so Dray, do you think Draymond's the reason if he doesn't get suspended they're, they're yeah. fine. Well, no, and just the way the refs called the games to get to make sure it didn't end 4-1. Yeah. Like, okay, let's get him a game, and then, you know, oh, let's get him another game, and then all of a sudden it's off to the races and LeBron pulls it out. But, uh, yeah, it's... I don't know, the referee that got busted, he says it's all... all illegit... Oh, the referee that got busted. Well, that's the F- the FBI guy that was arrested by the FBI. The uh, for the gambling that was several years ago. Well, he was. Yeah, I mean, he was. Tell me more about. Dr- t- tell me more about the opinions of the referee who got busted by the FBI for gambling. Well, uh, did he say it was and, fake? Well, he was. Uh... <laughs> He was able. He say he wasn't the only one that was doing it. Tell me more. He was able to successfully bet on games based on who the referees were. That's interesting. So, That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know, man. Uh, here's the craziest part. Ready? NBA all-time viewership. This year? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. So I don't know what that means, but it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. Thanks yeah, for getting yeah. me into basketball and making me a fan of a team that will have no chance against the teams that are playing right now. Yeah, welcome <laughs> welcome to the suffering. And you can, uh, if you really want to uh, increase the pain, you can become a Mariners fan. Oh, yeah. Well, my father-in-law is enough, and I am uh, learning through him. Yep. We should end it somewhere. Why not here? Why not here? Why not now? Why not you? <laughs> why Why not me? Why you, Why Why not? Why not you? Why, why not? not you, Andrew? Why don't you run for Seattle City Council? Ugh. It would be amazing. You would never get elected. No. no. <laughs> I never. I'm, you know, I I could see myself being like a behind the scenes advisor guy, you know, but definitely too. not politician. I, see that too. I think you you could pull that out. <clears throat> Somebody told me I may someday be the future mayor of Edmonds, which I thought was interesting. So, mm. Okay, I'll put that in my back pocket there. Maybe that's what I'll, the job I'll apply for after this one. Just mayor slide right from graphic design, car sales, <laughs> right into mayor. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. It's a good, yeah. good career path. <laughs> see if I could see if I could be honest car salesman. Maybe honest policeman next, and then honest mayor. See if it's possible. Just, just 
do all three. Uh, just do all I three. don't know. Don't push it. I don't think it is possible. <laughs> I, I believed car salesman could be done, but I don't really believe mayor could be done. <laughs> really? Yeah. One of my... Uh, um, I don't know what... The, so the assistant pro is the guy that hired me when I was 11 years old. So he... Uh, you know, he calls me in the the pro shop. He's like, "Hey, I want you to go play golf with this guy." And I don't know who it is. You know, he's like, and just like beat the tar out of him. You did? Uh, well, no, he, he, that's what he told me. He's like, "Oh, he said beat the tar out of him." Got it, got it, just got it. stomp him. You know, I'm like 12 years old, so I I did. I mean, the guy wasn't very good at golf, and so I get done, and and he's laughing about it because the. Uh, but I guess the guy is the former mayor, and the, he had some beef with him for some reason. Um, but he enjoyed sending out the the twelve year old kid to to embarrass the the former mayor there. But so. And then you found five dollars. So that was well. The show's over. I don't have to make. I don't have to make the story good. <laughs> 